there are producers that are making money just being producers it is possible to be one mm. and be fine mm. you know but i mean if you have the ability to be all hey why not you know it's a journey welcome 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 everyone listening sessions podcast season four another beautiful episode here and um Without wasting much of your time, my guest today is a Grammy-nominated producer, songwriter, sound engineer, artist. Um, you definitely know a lot of hits that this man has um, uh, made over the years. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Victor Bodosu, a.k.a. VTech. Yes, I like how... You just dodged the other native names because it was it was very very divine because I couldn't have gotten you to learn them. But <laughs> you know it's weird because when people call me Vitek, they yeah. actually call me my full name Everything. because it's the acronym for my four names. You know, but I've suffered great um um how they call it. I've had to deal with the tech being technology, which is so wrong. You know, but what can I say? I guess you know it's what they know. I've had have my we, name spelled wrong many times. Anyway. Of which music production is music tech. Yes, but they should be asking <laughs> questions. It's just the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> man, nice to be here, actually. Man, thank you so much for taking the time to be here, man. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge follower of your work. So as soon as the opportunity popped up, I was like, yo, let's, let's, let's do this. So, um, Vitek, how have you been? Man. What has been happening? Um, pandemic here, post-pandemic, now bump in crazy places in Europe, but how are you and how what have you been up to? Okay. First of all, I've I've I, I say this all the time when they ask me. I always say I'm I'm lit as a light bulb, but it's not um positive talk, it's true. Because I mean I've had a great time, you know, as an entrepreneur, as you know, my own independent, you know, musician, you know, owner of my own business, you know, I've had a great time. I'm having a great time and I expect to have even greater moments ahead, you know, for family unlock. You know, I got married last year, hmm. you know, and this year, May, I believe the ending of May will make it exactly a year we married and a year we started dating. Wow. So it's like, you know, there's so much poetry in front of me, you know, just highlighting just how awesome, you know, it's been for me, you know, Pandemic year, ironically, was even the biggest change for me. Whoa. You know, no disrespect to those who suffered from COVID. We all did. But if I could... Lord, it's strange. To say this sounds terrible. But you see, if COVID year happens again, it happened for me. I might walk out of that year multi-billionaire <laughs> because it was that special in terms of transformation, my personal life, you know, as a Christian. And then in business, like I, I've not seen that much money. Actually, I have now, but at that time, that was the most money I had made in any year. Wow! You know, in any year, my where I was staying was a three bedroom. I stay in a five bedroom. Literally, I just had to go to upgrade my standard of living, and where I got was like maybe thrice the amount of money hmm. that I was paying for the one I left. In COVID year, the year that Whoa. literally nobody had an idea what they were going to do, you know. And maybe months after that, 
where it was okay, actually I, it was in COVID um year, pandemic year rather. Mm. I proposed to my wife, and that was in December and January. I did the introduction, yeah. and by May we were married. So it's just been an amazing time. Yeah. I mean, there will always be those bumps on the road, but I don't really see them as bumps on the road anymore. You know, case and study my relationship, mm. like literally, my wife who was my girlfriend at the time, literally was going to get married the week of pandemic, of the lockdown. Whoa. Yes. She was supposed to marry on Saturday, have a wedding rather, on Saturday, and they locked down on Tuesday. And that was the hard reset but for her and for me. You know, we had been friends, of course. We had yeah. a great relationship, but we kind of grew on each other and realized that, oh, we are struggling in all these other worlds, you know, other relationships and all, but we are perfect together. But she had gone so far. I was also in a relationship, so I had to be loyal to that because mm. we had been there for so long and it was bumpy. You know, we were not happy where we were, but there was this sense of loyalty, responsibility. I mean, the, who says the grass is greener on the other side? You know, those things that hover around your head mm. and they speak out when you want to make some hard decisions. So you can imagine... Tuesday, lockdown. So there was no way to marry for her at least. <laughs> and that was the hard reset. So it's it was it it's been a great time. That's all I'm saying. Like Lovely. so many dramatic moments that were almost sad. It became really good. And after that experience, I laughed at everything because it was I mean, God keeps us all alive. You know, we do our part by taking care of ourselves as much as we can, but mm. he still provides, you know, he, he keeps us in line. Yeah. He, he, he finds a way to enlighten us where we need to be enlightened, you know, to know what we need to know so that we can be better people. So life is just an upward, you know, motion for me now. It's just that way, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not groveling for food. You know, I'm able to take care of my family also as Love. I provide for my parents, you know, look out for people around me which was always one of the biggest things for me this whole wealth thing mm -hmm. is not so that i could buy all the cars and yachts like putin have all these great <laughs> things but your country your people are hungry that was never the goal and i didn't wait till i had a billion or a million or five million or ten million before i started doing it so how much more now when i can you know do more so that's just hmm. my life. It's Lovely. it's it's a whole nother Lovely. you know Lovely. realm I'm in right now. I'm 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 glad. I'm happy to hear. And um, um, how did, as you said, the pandemic gave everybody a reset. It really had a lot of us thinking again. Artists, managers, producers. How did that whole situation reinform your approach to doing business? Okay, so now. I would say in terms of the approach to business, it was the year that I decided not to give a poop. Yes. And it was funny because that was the year I let go of, you know, the need to, for lack of a better word, accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. So I started to smell the roses and realize just how many they were. So for me, it's, it made me realize that seriously, it's possible that everything you've created, worked for, been blessed with, can be shut down. It will not mean anything. So now what really means something? I mean, I was in a relationship for almost seven years. It was pandemic year that made me realize that you, dog, you are in bondage and you are fine with it because 
you are busy, 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 busy. Mm. Your emotions, your feelings, your <clears throat> resolutions, they're on the side. I just told you off, you know, off air that working and doing all these big things in my business, you know, my company is doing so well. But because of that, I don't have ample time to just record that song I want to record or do that podcast I want to do. Mm. You get So it's the same thing. They're only to more dangerous ends because I would have ended up with someone that I wouldn't have been happy with. And that applies to my wife now, you know. So, I mean, it was a hard reset for life. And it's funny because I dare anyone to do this, to care less about what is not in their lives. And they will find that it will actually come. It's ironic because that is all that happened for me. I mean, I've always been a guy who works with people remotely. They send me their data. I mix, I master, I produce, I send back to them. So we were already ahead of the game when COVID happened mm. and lockdown mm. happened. We were already working like that. I didn't need to lose interfacing. I already had that unlocked. In fact, this Access the Stars, that's, I think, the week of the lockdown. You know, they were supposed to be doing the finale. I had to come in and do, like, emergency backing tracks because, of course, when the lockdown happened, they did not have a band anymore. So they just, okay, Vitek, what can you do? And I had to just slam together some backing tracks. You know, I was still working. You know, it wasn't long after that, if I remember correctly, that Kunle Gold and I rounded up on the album before this one, the one with Pretty Girl and there been something different. All songs I worked on, I was still mixing and mastering those records at the time. You know, so, <laughs> when you said Kunle Gold, I was like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's, I I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, I mean... All that happened for me that year was that I just dropped the 500-pound weight. And if I had one stick of sweet, you know, in my hand, that was the best stick of sweet in the world. So it was almost as if when I did that, the things I could not see were now being taken care of by God. So now this person is like, oh, Vitek, there's this film project. Oh, Vitek, we're doing The Voice. I want you to be a part of it. Oh, Vitek, oh, man, I have this EP. All of a sudden, it just felt like things I wasn't caring about were coming to me because they were my heart desire. But they were no more my worry. They were no more my responsibility to earn. You know, so literally that's what happened. I just became more free. I started chilling with family more. I wanted to go to maybe somewhere. I would just get up and go. I would work. I would take that serious. But mm -hmm. I refused to die there. That's why I said off, I think I said it off camera, yeah. like, I am not a Jackie. That <laughs> was when I stopped being a Jackie. You know? And it's funny, I've been doing this since 2007. The record that got me a Grammy nomination came in 2021. Wow. And I just told you, 2020 was the year I decided, look, I'm not trying to do this for everybody. I just want to, express my art, breathe, and see what's on the other side. I can't worry about tomorrow like I know it, you know. So that's literally all the change. I became a freer person, you know, willing to come outside, willing to come out for things like this, Love. you know, Love. and everything just <clears throat> took care of itself. Man, great, great. 
Lucky you, cause man, that year ruined <laughs> some yeah, people. Sure, people that year really got people thinking about their finances, uh, deals they had signed before. Did they do it properly? All of that, you know. And um, a lot of times we find that um, producers are um, always get the um, short end um, um, of the stick. stick. We'll come to that. Yeah. But um, how did this journey? start what led up to this moment here now where we're talking to VTech. okay so i've always been a music lover you know as a kid it was my thing you know i'm an art guy like straight up anything the arts i in fact i used to draw you know i would take my father's books because he's like a super engineer scientist and all of that so I would draw over his text because there was no free page. That's how much I wanted to do comics. I would always, you know, find a way to bring my imaginations to life. But my strongest tool to of doing that or to, to do that was music. You know, so I've always loved it. You know, I did not know it would be the thing that really makes me who I am or who I am now. But it was something I loved. It, it came effortless. I could hear all the little, you know, nuances, details in the song. You know, it sounds great. But to me, it's like at one minute and 30 seconds, there was this one sound that comes up that makes me maybe feel really happy. So it was like, a, it was like I was immersed in it every time I was in it. So I just knew that I wanted to know about it. Now, as a human being, I'm a researcher. I like to know stuff. I like to read about stuff. You know, I know stuff about fish that <laughs> I don't have any use for. You get because once I see it, I want to know as far as I could know before I get bored. So basically, that's how I started doing music. Okay, what did they do? How? Okay, well, there's something called the studio. Oh, that's where they record this cassette because then it was cassette and videotape. So oh, that's where they do this. Oh, nice. Oh, maybe one day, one day, sometime along the way. You know, by the way, my parents are music enthusiasts too. So we had everything, music, drawing books, research books, engineering books. So we, they just opened our minds to look, explore. You don't, you, we didn't go out to do it much, but we did it via the books and mm. videos. And, you know, I mean, we're like the only people in that neighborhood. And I mean a big neighborhood that had cable. So we were probably more exposed than most of the kids around us. And that was not a cheap neighborhood to get. So, I mean... Fast forward to where they got me a keyboard. That was the first time I had a musical instrument. You know, it didn't stay with us long. One of my uncles borrowed it for their church, and he hasn't returned it since that time. So, why it, are you borrowing <laughs> a kid's piano? Is, is that going to even sound good I in have, church? No, it was a good one. It wasn't a tacky one at all. It, it wasn't was like, like a baby toy. Nah, nah, it was the real like with all these tones okay. and all these loops. It was dope, but. I guess at the time, my mom just, you know what I mean? My mom is from the school of mm. people that didn't really see what was special about musicians. So she wouldn't want to discourage me. But when my uncle came to borrow the keyboard, of course, you can't take it. You won't bother him. You know, and that was how, you know, I touched. But once I did that, it was like the chain reaction I mm. started. Because now I knew it was possible to make this come to life. And, you know, over the years, you know, one thing leads to another. I knew I was going to go to a studio. I knew I was going to go to a studio. And then I think sometime in 2005, if I remember correctly, yes, 2005, I ended up going to the studio with one of my friends, my first time in the studio. 
one of my friends on the track that I featured. By then, I'd already started making beats. Hmm, okay. I found out about one software that led me to this software that led me to the one that everybody used to talk about then, Fruity Loop. You know, so I made a beat, I featured on it, we went to the studio, and then we recorded. Now I came as an artist featured, but this is scientist guy. I have seen the studio. I'm like, hmm, this looks interesting. <laughs> and I have computer at home. That software, you know, I'm going to look for that software. I'm going to find the name. I'm going to find a way to get it. So you see how it was like a, it was random chain of, of events that led me here. But there was one thing I wanted to know because something in me wanted to express what I felt. I was not just an enthusiast of the art. I liked the idea of being a practitioner. So I used to draw. Music was what I do on the side. And then, I think it was 2006 that I realized for a fact that this I love way more than the others. Mm. Needless to say, I don't draw anymore. <laughs> but it was the one that got me. That was the one that was really me. And then I started doing it. Waek, that was 2006, 2007. Uh, me, my brother, and a friend. We formed the music group. So it was while we were that group, I was rapper slash producer. Brother was singer slash, you know, sound and, and, and video director. Mm. Then the other guy was just the rapper and the songwriter. And that's how we ended up in the studio that I worked for um, in for three months in 2007. That's when I officially became producer at a studio. Yeah. You know, did that for like two months and maybe four weeks. So two months and two weeks or thereabout. Or three months at most. And then I went about my way, just going to different studios, learning on the go, making errors, getting really popular, by the way, because I was like very different. I came from the Timberland is my mentor, you know, world where most were trying to produce like whoever was hot. Mm. I didn't have any, okay, all the legends like the Nelson Browns, the, uh, what's that his name? Oh, Chris Okoro. Those, Chris Okoro was a sound engineer then, did most of those mixes. Nelson Brown is Nelson Brown. I mm -hmm. mean, Stereo Man, Plantation Boys. You know, I didn't have access to any of these people. So nothing diluted or tainted my journey. I was just like chaos. In fact, one of my stage names back then was Nomad. That was how I identified as Nomad. It was along the line that I started going, man, I'm awesome. <laughs> and then I can't remember I think it was one of my uncle that was like just call yourself Vitek because those are your names so I became Vitek the awesome that's the full name yes so you know I mean the journey here is just and then of course as time progressed it became more serious okay now I'm really making money from doing something that I was you know just doing for the heck of it in the yeah. room and then you have all these people vibing to my beats to renting a house <laughs> you know, and then buying AC, and then buying that computer that I always wanted, mm. and then it became business for real. I think I registered my company maybe like six years ago or thereabout, because then I was like, okay, I got to be serious, because this is now serious, and I know in front the way I'm going, this thing's gonna be a lot bigger. Yeah, exactly. You know, and this is 2022, and I'm looking back and I'm thankful for a lot of the things I did. Now I say one of the moments that was special was I think two years or three years into production and I started feeling weirdly producer depression because I honestly didn't know what to do or where to go. I was just working in the house. There was literally no money. I think there was a strike. Hmm. 
like one of these strikes. I think it was when Good Luck was president that period in time. Okay, I think so. Nigeria. Yeah, I think it was even before that. I'm not too sure now, but I sat at home and I was like, man, if nothing happens for me this December, I'm going to quit and just go to school. And then I heard very vividly a voice, and I would say it's in my head, but it was so vivid, it even came with the emotion. It said, this is working for your good. I couldn't explain why it felt like truth, but I felt peace of mind. And it took almost 10 years after that word for me to see the first fruit. Hmm. That's the first okay. Now I understand what it was saying that time. It took almost 10 years. But that day was the game changer. That's when I knew, okay, this is what I want to do. Lovely, lovely. (laughs) So, um, at what point did it get serious? Like, at what point did you start to feel like, wow, perhaps we can be able to really, really make a good living off of this thing. Okay. (laughs) When that happened, um, I think, let me see if I remember correctly, around maybe 2010, 2009, 2010. Because then, as I said, 2007, I met this producer, worked in the studio. I came in as a producer. He would like to call me his apprentice, but that was a lie. Because I was already, I mean, I came with a job I had done to record and then he goes oh i think we can work together so um then it was just this was keeps him busy until i met a friend of mine his name is momani you know i call him friend because we became friends he had he had a studio called le blonde you know entertainment and when i came there that's where i had a deal like a proper deal and then we started making money. It was so strange. Like, almost every day we were working. Hmm. On average, at that time, I would see like seven grand. Then it became 10 grand. Then it became 12 grand. So imagine every day mm. for five days, I'm seeing 10K. This is a guy that lives with his parents and doesn't have many bills. And all of a sudden, I can go, Popsy, just hold this 20. Mm-hmm. And I know I still got 30. Exactly. Do you get what I mean? It was it was an eye opener because I went from literally trekking. We stayed in Agege. The studio I'm telling you about is somewhere called Jungle, at Iju. It's a distance. We put it on the map now. You understand? Literally, I would trek from home to that studio. Wow. It's a long ass walk. <laughs> but going from that to making so much money that I could even cab back home made me understand that's what i'm saying i learned on the go but i learned quick because i am a researcher like okay this makes sense oh, this put this join this to this oh man mm. that's how it just kept going yeah you know so that's when it got serious then i met p square in 2012 so once again i went from being the engineer of a studio partner engineer yeah. to being the engineer of an artist but the moment i left squareville I think it was two years down the line that I registered my company. So the realization had happened from Le Blonde. Hmm. But it matured very rapidly from the P-Square time because now I was the guy. Hmm. That year, I think it was the second edition of the Afrima Awards. I was yeah. producer of the year nominee for Shekini. Hmm. I had the song they did with T.I. Wow. It was like in a short amount of time, I had all these big 
records, records. As, you know, attached to the biggest group in mm. Africa. Yes. And by the way, I still think that year was relatively shitty because I was maybe this breakout producer that only got one nomination, you know, but that's the conversation about the industry itself and how, you know, it can be funny. But I mean, I went from being serious to even more serious, even more serious, registered my company. Hmm. So now it was office. Exactly. Uh, um, in 2012, I mean, P-Square, they're big. They'll always be big. But in 2012, these guys were like the guys. Mm -hmm. So how does Little VTech meet these people and end up making music for them? Okay. How? So the story is... It's not so short, but I'll shorten it, yeah? I had been working for years. Remember, mm. I was also an artist. Mm. I had songs out there, you know, and I had some nice features. I had a song with Idris Abdul Karim. I go, Rosie. I had a song with Idris Abdul Karim, Mode 9, and DJ Vini. Then DJ Vini was like the guy. So yeah. it's called Bad Guy Bola anyway. That was me on the hook. So I was breaking in. I had a song called Spotlight with Capital Femi. At the time, I think it was the most, um, the biggest R&B, Afro R&B song of that month. So sometimes when I see people boasting about their accolades, I'm like, well, it's still showbiz. You know, monkey likes shiny objects. But these are things that I'd seen. I'd also seen that you can be that big and be broke. But that's another convo. Mm. So, that's how I met them. I went to, funny enough, a show in Agege to hmm. perform. And I met someone. His name is called, um, his name is DJ Faiz. It's spelled Faiz, but I think it's pronounced Faiz anyway. And he had heard about me. He had seen me before. He liked me. So I met him at this show. We didn't perform, by the way. We slept outside because it was a street jam. <laughs> so you had all these shops and then one center where they could put their canopy. And they said they can't stop the music again or that people are already dancing. Mm -hmm. But before we stepped away from the party, I saw DJ Faiz. And he's like, yo, man, Vitek, man, I've been looking for you for such a long time. There's someone I want you to meet. So he introduces me to Saint. Saint, at the time, was a dancer for P-Square. Hmm. Saint met me. Hey, I like you. Cool, dude. Da, 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 da. Okay, you know what? When you got beats, let me have him. The upper year, sometime around, I think, February, Yes, I remember. That was Occupying Ninja. The, the, after that one was Occupying Ninja. Yeah, because I made records during the strike, you know. And I think in February or March, I gave Saints my beats. Fast forward to like maybe August. He is with one of the friends of P-Square called Melvin. Cool dude. I don't know if he's still a cool dude, but I mean, he was a cool dude then. <laughs> Melvin also was an artist. So he's like, oh, I like this guy's beats. He sounds very crazy. I'd like to meet him. So in September, I believe, yes, he came to my studio, which was in a garage. We stayed in an apartment, right? Mm. Four flats. And each flat had a dedicated garage. Mm. So we used our garage as a studio. Now, to put this in perspective, the garage was a garage, like empty garage, concrete walls, and every evening, there was like a rat that used to stay there. So there's nothing we didn't do. We just made peace. I've had sessions in there where she comes there and you're like, just, it's normal. You know, so basically, that garage, he came and was like, ah, you don't have to work here now. Peace square, my guys. We could just go to their studio. 
That was literally how I went to their studio to record Melvin. Met with Mr. P. I met with Root Boy. One of Melvin's sessions, Mr. P comes in. Apparently, they had an issue with their gear. But I was the techie guy. So I went, boop, boop, boop. Everything started working. And Peter was like, oh, this is interesting. So let's say a month into working with Melvin, he goes, you know what? I like that guy. Let's, let's work with him. That was it. That's how I ended up producing for P-Square. I know the first record. Then I started recording for them, co-writing with them. And then 2012 became 2013. We made the Glow. There's an advert for Glow called um, Unlimited. The yeah. one with Lagbaja and them. Mm, so that yeah, was yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. punch one. That was when they were like, okay, yeah, this guy is really the guy. And then we did personally. So when we did personally, that was when they went, yeah, guy officially. And that was wow. it. It's just a very interesting progression because I did not meet them as a producer. I, I met that guy as an artist that introduced me to that guy as a producer that took me to their house. Coincidentally, they were around. It's just like a chain of events. Had nothing to do with my genius. This is not some Adolf Hitler big scheme situation. I literally just went out. But it does beat. have everything to do with your genius. Because <laughs> if you are not good enough, nobody will be inviting well, you out. Well, well, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I try not to gloat too much. But <laughs> yes, I'm awesome. So I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but um, what, 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 what was it like seeing those guys up close and working with them at that level? What, what, what? A lot of us don't know what happens in Squareville. But what was it like at the height of that whole P-Square, P-Square thing, and you were in there working with them? Well, it was, at first, it was, like, really exciting. I would, like, get all shaky when they're in the studio because <laughs> it's, like, all more. This is, like, what do you do for guys like this? They're already huge. By the way, personally, is actually their biggest record. Wow. So at the time, they had chopped my money with Akon, the mm -hmm, slamming mm -hmm. record of the year. So it was a challenge for me because I'm like, this guy's already the bar. What am I going to do? I found that out later in style because personally it was me. Shaking it was me. In fact, Shaking it was the first time that song provided them the opportunity to perform in North Africa for the first time in their entire career. Literally shutting down Egypt, you know, those places yes. where they don't care about Fireboy and no disrespect mm. to these guys, but they don't care. These people are practically in a realm of theirs, and that song broke that, broke it well, not a little bit. Peace Square were not going to promote Shakini. Shakini was a hit there. Wow. So I was able to do that in their lives, you know, actually be a kind of polar shift at the time when they were already kings. You know, so, I, I mean, at first it was a big privilege, but mm. very quickly I started understanding. Remember, I was already my own grinding kind of guy. So I would look at the opportunity like, okay, how does this work for me also? Mm -hmm. How do I make it work for me? I learned very quickly that, um, how do I put it? Anything you do must come back home. My my um illustration to describe it is, it's like a construction worker yeah. that takes cement from his own foundation or from his own land to go and build someone else's house but you don't get anything to bring back to your place yeah i was the guy who made sure that was not the case so after p square i became known for me i was not p square producer i was vtech 
And that was the goal. It took a while though, but that was how I was with them. So at the point, I just locked that. I didn't really care if they made me adopted brother. I, I was not about that, you know. And I knew these guys were also like that too. This wasn't about love or anything. I mean, they cared about me, but it wasn't like, okay, they were going to burn down bridges for me. Mm. So I just knew, okay, Victor, you've been here with many people before. Just make sure that this counts for you. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it was an honor working with them, you know, mm -hmm. getting to learn from them, watching them work. You know, at the time I was a speed demon. Like when I work, I'm like, okay, let's get this over with. But with them, it was slow. And I had no idea that, would prepare me for now. When mm. I'm now working with other people and then some artists have continuous complaining. Before, I wouldn't have been able to deal. But after passing through that era, we're using two weeks to make a song. Was it? You know. Um, these are big songs you've talked about. Yeah. Um, did it turn out to be profitable for you? Nope. Why it so? was not profitable financially. Now, I'll tell you what. When I was with Peace Square, I didn't have any deal with them. Remember, I was this guy from Agigi. I just had a lot of skill. So I didn't have a lot of wrestling power. In fact, when we did personally, that year, Afriman nominated me for producer of the year, the first Afriman, for personally. My rep submitted that I was the producer. Jude, that's the brother, the elder brother, submitted, according to what I heard, he submitted that it was Paul, that's rude boy that produced it. So there was a lot of jousting. But you see, God, that's where God comes in. He really does talk. He says, do you want to do this one song or do you want to do the album? And I said, the album. So he says, let it go. So you have all these people saying, fight for your rights. Look at Flip Ties. He only did chop my money, but he made billions. I'm like, okay. But the person that knows tomorrow said I should fashion it now. Mm. I had the honor of actually hearing that. So I'm like, Whatever. That was when we struck the deal that led to me doing Enemy Solo with Awilo, Shekini, Ejajo with, you know, T.I. mixing and mastering almost the entire album. So now it was a bigger deal. Now, they gave me settlements. That's what they call it. They just gave me some money, settlements. And at the time, it was like the biggest money I'd gotten. <laughs> but there were no royalties. I didn't even know what royalties were until like maybe two years after no royalties. I didn't get an education from them about that. And I almost feel like they did it on purpose because these guys have made so much money from what we did that literally, they, if they said, okay, every every three months, this guy was going to get 5%, it wouldn't have scratched them by a fraction. You know, so it wasn't, I, it wasn't a, a financial thing. And you know how they say, well, it was a platform. God used it to elevate it. I'm like, see, Let's call it spade a spade. The fact is, if you work in a bank, let's say bank A, let me not mm. call any bank, bank A, they don't pay you salary, but the CEO just bought a jet. You know, he got award for most exceptional bank. Now, in that bank, you meet someone from another bank that says, you know what, I'll pay you. Come to my bank. Some years later, I become like the tycoon. When you ask me, that first bank, what did they do for you? I say, yes, they were the room where the person that mattered met me. But am I going to tell you that moment, if not for that bank? I'm like, nah. The <laughs> truth is, I was working. In fact, 2013 was like one of my hottest years because at the time, there was personally, at least some people knew who I was. Mm. There were rumors of me signing with them. I had a song with Idris. 
had a song with Idris Amode. I had my own song at the same time. This guy were going for this show. I was going for that show. Coming back after the night's runs to the studio. Mm. So I was the dude that knew it would work whether or not you're here. You know, so that's how it was, really. There's no, there's no way to put it. I, I'm grateful for them, but I still feel like, you know, it's like you have a brother mm-hmm. and you let your brother go in the mud so that somebody in the mud will pull him out, make him big, so that you will say, I didn't help you, so that you will help yourself. Like, why do we subscribe to suffering? That's what it was. Hmm. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'll ask this later on. But um, in recent times, you have been very busy and not exactly for production, but for mixing and mastering and all these other things. Yeah. Um, is it like if a producer doesn't add these other skills to their arsenal, they might not earn as much. Okay. So for me, remember, from the very beginning, I said that I was a scientist. It wasn't about diversifying my portfolio. It was Mm. just about knowing what that was. You know, so I don't know how it relates to other people or it pertains to other people. But for me, it was how I became multifaceted because I wanted to know this know that, know this, know that. And then I realized I was really good at all of them. Now, I mean, I mean sorry, just, just, just for, for, for context. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, um, you mixed and mastered um, Kiss Daniel's project. Yeah. Um, the Barnabas EP. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. You've done stuff for um, Buju. Oh, Buju's project as well. Yeah. Um, Omale. Well, I worked on Bami. Okay. That had Omale, okay. Whiskey, Whiskey and DJ Tunes. Exactly. Yes. You know, and all these other. So it's like even even in that in that in that um post pro mixing mastering, um, you are you are very respected and revered, you know. Yeah. So how how what what how? <laughs> well, like uh, um I mean it, it, I will answer the first question mm. inside yes, what yes, you just yes, asked. The yes. truth is I didn't do it for diversifying portfolio okay. yeah so there are producers that are making money just being producers it is possible to be one hmm. and be fine hmm. you know but i mean if you have the ability to be all hey why not you know it's a journey but for me it is possible to be a producer i was a producer for a long time they would take my jobs out to mix and master i was fine with it yet for a long time that's how i got known first and i made enough money to at least upgrade mm. and get to a point in my life where you know the bed mm. the high level mm-hmm. so i mean it's possible to be one and be fine but like i said if you have the ability to be all hey <laughs> that's it go for it I got it. nice 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 um you're you're you've had a lot of um big collaborators over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about one other person. Um, you seem to have like a beautiful working relationship that has endured with Yemi Alade. How did that happen? And um, what have you learned from also just working with her and seeing her do her thing and all of that? Okay, so with Yemi, it wasn't auto friendship. Mm. Yeah, but... It wasn't enmity either. It was just okay. I was just this guy. She made the person 
that I keep giving shout out for that link up. It's actually Tai, because Tai, from the time he saw me with Peace Square, he was like, you're definitely working with that dude. Mm. So one Tai Aliu, big shout oh, out. Yeah, Tai Aliu. I call him Don Chi anyway. <laughs> if you see him, I call him Don Chi, he will know who told you. <laughs> so basically, you know, we worked with Awilo. Awilo mm. and I had developed a relationship from Peace Square days. So okay. he came to the country. I wanted to work with Yemi. So now, coming from just this guy they liked to a guy that they saw work, mm. they were like, they got to F with him. And it took almost like seven, eight months before we finally worked, but we started working. And then I started meeting with Yemi. And then we just started going off. And then I realized that, I mean, she's a huge star. Needless to say, but she's also a person. And I, too, am also a, you know, I, I like to describe myself like when I'm in God mode, I'm in God mode, but I'm God mode that wants to sit on the floor. So I think we connected on that level because mm. for Yemi, I cared about what the project was about. I remember telling them one time that I'm not a track-by-track track artist, a producer. Okay, Victor, send 10 beats, we pick two. I'm interested in the project. I don't know if anyone had said that to them before then, but that was how my mindset was because I felt like we could walk a walk. It wasn't just about the next two beats. Mm. At that time, I'd already done Bomb Bomb, which was like, her, I think it was maybe the second or third biggest song she had after Journey. So it was like, this guy can do that. But I'm like, no, with you, I just feel more personal. And that's how we started talking. We would talk more. We'd even fight, you know, yeah. but then we'd settle. And then I just, I I think for me, I started seeing past Yemi Alade, the icon. And I started seeing Yemi Alade, the chick. And she let me see that. And I also let her see me as, hey, the word gentees fight today, tomorrow. I'm like, I can't keep my list to now. You know, <laughs> but when I just see your face now, I'm like, you know, I could tease her and she would get the joke. You know, it was just a friendship that grew and then it got to a point where if she had a feature, she wanted VTech to listen, to mm. give his input. And it just kept on growing and growing, you know, till this day. I mean, we're not in touch so much because she's out of the country. Yeah. I have all these things going on, but she knows that she always has my love. Always. It doesn't matter where I am. You know, I am I am for her. She's a great person, you know, really great person. And, you know, she works hard. So that too rubbed off because they are always going at it. Hmm. There's, they, the breaks only happen once in a while. They, they, it's like they're chasing something. Yeah. There's a goal ahead. Let's go for it. So at that time, I needed that also to be able to remember that, okay, Victor, yeah. you have eaten. Mm -hmm. More food will come, but what's this about? Nice. You know, you had a goal 10 years ago. Five years in, you're like, oh, my, I just won't survive. But now look at these people you're working with. They are so goal-oriented. It should be a reminder that there should be a destination. So the imprint is so much. They will tell you what influence I've had on them. Hmm. But I'm telling you this for a fact. I mean, Don Chi was like a brother. He is a brother. Because in the business, I had people doing business with me all the time. All the friendship was within maybe that project, that's that music, mm. that beats. But he would check on the person. So that was like my re maybe the second or third time I had someone in the business actually care about Victor. Mm. So it became like a family. So much so that even when I'm not in touch with them, they are really not happy about it because they're like, you're like our brother. Where have you been? You know, I'm like, you know me. I disappear, I but trust me. Things. 
y'all are number one to number ten in my heart. Mm. Wow, wow, man! You, 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 you. Two thousand and seven to twenty twenty two, fifteen years. Yes, it's impressive. And you still, you're very young, very agile, very creative, very sharp in your mind, everything. So I have no doubt in my mind that you have more years to go. Amen. So, um, how does a producer or someone who wants to do what you do, how do they position best for longevity? Okay. So, longevity survives an identity, yeah? Hmm. And... I say this all the time. People look at... Um, I like to use analogies to describe stuff. Please. So you have <laughs> monkeys. Monkeys like shiny stuff, yeah? They don't really care about the place the diamond came from. They just care about the diamond. So for me, I, I've always been a deep dude. So I am a type of person. Whatever keeps me here is something I can sustain. Personality, sound, ability to learn, Ability to redefine, reinvent self, all stemmed from where I was as a person. I would always be described as weird, you know, because Daniel calls me a weird dude. That's how he calls me. Like the things that interest a lot of people don't interest me. I'm not, I don't, I, how, how do I call it? In the words of a great poet, Ricardo Banks, I know they move that way. <laughs> so literally, I don't do, I, I, I'm, and it's not like I was trying to be different, I was just who I was. That's the key of longevity. I've thought about thought about it all these years, working hard, liaising with brands. There are lots of people doing that. But longevity is identity. It's the reason why Burner was such a smirk and people loved him. It's the reason why, you know, um, what can I use an, another example? Whiskey, for instance. We felt like we saw him grow. Mm-hmm. Not just his music. Or his brand, but yeah, him. Him as person. And there's been a consistency, you know. So that's the key to longevity. Producer, artist, whatever you do, because people love you. And they love your craft also, but they love you. If they can love you, they will give you opportunities. Opportunities will find you because it will find your person. I was not confused about the goal. I was not trying to be the most popular guy. I knew that could happen, mm-hmm. that would happen, that will happen, whatever. But I had my own narrative and I wanted to tell it. You know, it's like when Zudo Soon came out. I hope it's okay for me to mention this brand. Of course. Yeah, Zudo Soon came out. It was black soap now, native soap. Mm-hmm. They just stood in their tiny corner. Now, every major store has them. And they've been there for so long. So you see, that was me. I like to say I was the Dudo soon. I was not trying to be Lux or Premier, whatever. I just wanted to be me. Oh, he's too cool. He's not lousy, lousy. I'm like, hey. Oh, he's weird. He doesn't talk like other guys. Like he's freaking intelligent. Where all these guys are just keeping it basic. I'm like, Ah, Vite, come to this island. All of us there, man. I hear the stars there. I'm like, no, my dad lives at the Jew. I like to stay near him. I'm just like, who prioritizes like that? I'm like, me. <laughs> yeah, so it was a, that's my secret to longevity. I was me. Mm. And I developed me. I did away with some bad traits, mm. worked on the good traits, learned to disconnect, like business, for instance, yeah. from life. You know, know when to merge both. But at all times, the people who have known me when I was five years old, 
10 years old will tell you this guy is the same person just dada hair beard mm. maybe a little more money just mm-hmm. a grown version of him yes yes and that's longevity because you can do all the work you want but when people start feeling like they didn't really know what you were about they'll leave hmm. okay again not to disrespect anyone i think casey is one of the greatest guys we've had i mean from casey presh that's not easy to do but here's the reason why i feel casey fell off in terms of being at that limpopo level it's just at the time it was just about the next track he dropped whereas davido would have a beef with what maybe you know dele momodu and we know that we're going to hear it in the next track you know, so there was almost like a narrative that was showing you who he was. Now, people say Davido is a good guy. They don't say Davido, the music dropping guy, may be good. They say Davido is a good guy because it went beyond just dropping mm-hmm. those hit songs and even helping people. He just, his personality shown. And that's why he's, he was here. That's where we lost the band too because the band was fun. And then at the point, he wasn't. So now it almost felt like a lie. We know the band is a fun person, but we lost it in the craft. So again, back to the secret of longevity. Mm. Some musicians thrive on being lovable, six girlfriends. When those ones, they get caught, maybe sex tape, everybody be like, yo, man, hard guy. Now Sammy Okoso did not release sex tape. Someone came and said, give her belay. And people wanted to kill him because it's not consistent with what he was about. Or what he projects hmm. so this is the whole thing with longevity everything is born for me i love to have fun i like to invent i like to create i like to recreate i like to learn so naturally i upgrade my working setup mm-hmm. i i don't the gear i work with now not one of it is the one i started with so everything is is on the, that bed yeah personality your purpose and your goal and everything just comes from it. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I mean, people like you have inspired other young people to go into production. I find that out. It's a mystery to me. But I guess... <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. You know, because yeah. I mean, that is the chain. Somebody inspired you and you definitely yeah. have inspired other people. Okay. So now we have a lot of people making music or making beats. So knowing that the competition is crazier now, do you still do you do you pitch stuff? Especially because I mean you have access. You just mentioned Kiss Daniel and all these other big guys you're working with. I just see times where you're like I, I thought you might like this. Okay, so that's <laughs> one of the reasons why I came up to these people. It's very strange. Hmm. You know, in fact, I think Idris Abdul Karim said it out here that Vitek, you gotta stop that shit. That's how he described it. Like, dog, you needed something. You knew I could do something. You didn't ask me. For like two years, I think this um, last year, October, down to this point, is the time I've done the most producing in the last three years. Hmm. So in terms of pitching, I really wasn't interested. I entered that space where I'm like, I hated making this awesome beat, creating this awesome song that I thought would work with Kiss Daniels or work with Pato Rankin. These are all people that I was in touch with. And then I sent it to them and they can't see the genius. Remember, I was an artist. Hmm. So I knew that 
the reason why I'm even bothering to pitch it is because I'm not going to use it. So at the point I stopped, I just left that side. I just became sound engineer guy. That's how I became really big because I was doing almost all the big records. But pitching to them became a thought now because I'm like, okay, I, I've locked that area down, locked that area down. I'm enjoying producing again. I'm actually enjoying making music again. So, you know, of course, now when I make them, I'll pitch. You know, but I'm not under pressure to do it. I've mm. I've fared fine without that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to do it so that they will give me royalties. I collect mm. royalties. You know, I I mean, I just enter that zone where I'm back to that guy that just wants to express his craft. If my heart tells me kiss, or something happens and he joins me with kiss, hey, fine. Mm-hmm. Funny, these past years I've worked with Simi and Yemi the most. You know how people say, "Oh, you're very close to Yemi." They don't know that me and Simi have an equally awesome relationship. Hmm. You know. Oh no, Simi is like Simi is literally that how do I call it? You know where you pour hot water down someone, you not pour cold water immediately. And that's my relationship with her. But it's a love, love, love relationship. Fact is, I got to a point where I know her sound or I was able to contribute to it. I mean, Oambe was a smash record. According to their books, Owambe was like a cash cow. Regardless of all the other songs you saw, that was a money-making song. So I was able to put that in. And then we have a relationship. So there's also trust. I'm not trying to impress them. I'm just going to go, yo, man, I think this record is good. We'll try it. You know, it's like a different convo mm. from, man, I have these eight beats. Just any one way you like. Ah, you don't like any of them. Don't worry, I'll go back into this. I'm not doing that stuff for nobody. In fact, uh, true You're love. not at that phase. Eh? Nah. <laughs> true love. Um, yeah, me, like DJ, play that happy music. That song, we were in Netherlands. We traveled with her to be co-producers because she was working with her publishing company that was also a record label. Mm. They wanted to give up producers. Mm. So she was like, yo, I got my Nigerian guys. I got to bring them with me. Flew us in. Everybody was working. I mean, yeah, me in like the space of maybe 14 days, did over 20 songs. Ooh. I kid you not. She was doing like three songs a day. Songs. Maybe like two songs, one sketch. One song, two sketches. So we were there contributing. Mm. I was such, that was so much fun for me because that's the first time I was not the producer. Sometimes I'll just mm. hear a beat and be like, let me have it. Let me remodel it. Mm. Send it back out. Oh, it sounds like a hit. The only God can judge the one with Shea and Rude Boy. I co-produced. They had done the whole thing and then I would just add, add. so I was now a co-producer. In fact, I got addicted to it. So it made me less interested in making beats. But while we were there, I just had a thought. There's an idea I have. I know this idea will be money. So while they were over there, we were recording, the producer next to me, I just popped my headphones and started producing True Love. That's the mm-hmm. only song I produced fully on that project. No, actually, there are two. But one was from Nigeria. Yeah. The other one was True Love. Literally, I traveled for a trip where she recorded 20 songs, and I only produced one. And that one song became maybe the lead single of the album. True Love was like a smash song. Again, another song that brought something to the table for Yemi that wasn't maybe there at the time. Mm. Yet. So, I mean, I would pitch. I'm just not, uh, like you said, in that phase. I'm not trying to impress nobody. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm thinking of how to do my music because I can. And now we're in a decentralized world. Yeah. You can pop out of your cupboard and blow up. <laughs> exactly. You know, the gatekeepers exactly. have lost 
Grip on the gates. <laughs> um, Vitek, your your life, your career is super, super, super impressive. Um, you have done some good work in um, the movie space as well. Yes. And um, I'm one of those people who think um, Nollywood still hasn't found a way to really partner with the music guys well enough. So um, for somebody who has sort of like played in that um, space, how do you think Nollywood and the music guys can um, have a better partnership, especially with the whole soundtrack thing? It's, it's, it's simple, but it can't be simple because as always, bureaucracy always comes into play in Nigeria. That's the problem of mm -hmm. these, the, both sides. But when they meet, it's like worse because bureaucracy comes into play. You know, mm. okay, how do they value music? I do score. One of my director friends some days ago said it, David, one of the problems with music and film is that music is an afterthought. That is why you will see a film that did 15 millionaire. Okay, they said the film succeeded, made 200 millionaire. I can tell you that they did not spend up to 500k on this score. Music is the bed of visuals. Do you get what I mean? It is normal science. It is in, why don't you make silent movies? But sound is an afterthought. This is something that I've wrestled with. In fact, shout out to my friend Shea Babatokpe, Fibian Films. He and I have done some great films together. Um, one of them is Sanitation Day. It's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Mama Drama, it's on Netflix. Fine Wine like, was on the top for like eight weeks or so. Um, had RMD on it. That's Dope this film. new one you just did, right? Yes. There. The, the, the thing is, most times I'm not, I'm not in the know until someone points it out. Yeah. <laughs> so most times, I'm. In fact, I didn't know when Fine Wine dropped. I just happened to be on Netflix and just saw two days remaining. I'm like, ah, you know. So that dude would wrestle for the worth of what I do. Where other directors would come and say, oh, Vitek, I beg, I beg. This now waiting, I beg. He would go, guys, this is what he will collect. You know, so in a lot of ways, he also helped me put a value to because I already knew the shit system. Mm -hmm. I was prepared for it, but he was like, nah, you can do it better. Yeah, that's right. Special shout out to him for that. You know, it's an afterthought. So this is score. That's the bed of the film. How much more songs? They are not going to bring out the money they can't give me to give the artist for that song that will play for one minute. Do you get? And if they can't do that, there will always be disagreements. Because artists now, their eyes, they true. All of them are like more royalties, licensing, equity, exactly. all this stuff. Exactly. Most of the artists don't even know what they are talking about. Though. But when you come to the film guys who are, for lack of a better word, they are well-dressed Alaba marketers. That's how I describe them. They are fancy. Everybody has a big office with 99 staff. So everybody's speaking white English. But the way they operate is still, collect money, go. And give me money. How much this thing will make? When you talk about ideas, as far as, you know, money can be in it. Oh, Jesus. I'll probably get into trouble. I don't think I'll get into trouble because I know him. I used to say this. Brother Shaggy, great dude. I'm working with him. Mm. But at a time, I felt like he was the, <laughs> he was, you know, when you put the camera on screen, I know that 
tiny fly that you can't chase away. <laughs> yes, that was him. <laughs> because I was like, this guy's in every film. As a guy who knows how hard that is to blow up, I'm happy for him. But you see, the filmmakers were not using their brains. They were just putting this guy in there because he was the rave of the moment. He's funny. Maybe they were he... tapping into his numbers yes. too. Yes, but let's be honest. Shaggy is a thespian. He's a proper art guy. But you see, you don't place him in the film because he has a role. You place him because he has one million, two million, three million followers. Yes. It's a disconnect that can only happen in a place where you're not thinking of the craft. You're only thinking of maybe money mm. or relevance. At least when you go to the traction. cinema, they say, yes, traction. Very shallow. It's okay when it's one, two situations. But when it's always like that, it's a nightmare. And that's why music and film don't meet. I just told you, film score, it's a joust to get even a fraction of the value. But how would they now talk to... I know a convo with one of my friends. They actually wanted to use his entire album for one of these big movies that came out. They wanted to use his entire album as the soundtrack. And the the currency was... It's a platform for him. Do you understand what I'm saying? This guy recorded those songs. He didn't steal them. He spent money. And that's what the filmmaker is presenting. And it makes sense to the person telling him. That's how it is. You know, so we need to do a total flush on value system. Hmm. Total flush. Um, Vitek, there's something that has been... Heavy on my mind. I don't think I've ever asked any producer before, but I know this is something you guys think about. And I think about it too. Like, for example, a producer is on the come up with an artist, say, Nice and Kabasa. So at that point, they are not so busy. So they have all the time in the world to work on the music and then they walk, walk, walk and they crystallize it and they have something solid, right? So then the music goes out and it does well. And at that point, these artists who didn't even have any producer trying to work with him, only you who believed, now suddenly has... 100 producers offering him beats, right? What, what should happen in that situation? Like, should the artist still just ignore everybody and just continue to work with this, his main guy? And at what point is this working with this, his main guy too much? At what point is it like, ah, uh, guy, try other people but i don't know if you understand what i, I mean. do i do you know? <laughs> i think i have the perfect answer the the <laughs> truth is music is friendship yeah between the audience and the creator mm. so is music creation so now i have one friend that's my homie we async we are one and then I start meeting all these other great people that also are like-minded, they're cool. Maybe they remind me of him. Mm. Maybe they are, in quote, better than him. Doesn't make him obsolete. He has a place. So the problem is usually respect. Respect, entitlement. These two devils work very well in those situations because what happens is you have an artist that might start seeing 
case in study. A female friend of mine. Back then, because we've not been in touch in a thousand years. Cynthia Morgan. Oh, she yeah. Is, she is. She was someone I used to relate with a lot. Now, her producer at the time, Tony Ross, great dude. I mean, all the hit songs by Cynthia were made by Tony. And then one of those days, I'm talking to Tony, and Tony's like, oh, they've not been working, you know, that they had a bit of an issue. And, you know, he got, you know, maybe like he was staying with her, and then she wanted him to leave. He didn't tell me too much, but I could already tell that there was an issue of ego. Hmm. Because, you see, at this time, she, Cynthia is a very confident chick. But I have told her before that it borders on pride. Because you're right sometimes. You're right a lot of the time. But your ability to express that can be the difference between you making a difference and just annoying people. You get what I mean? I'm not going to talk about scenarios that I have said to her that, babe, I'm going to be so... That truly, you feel this way. Okay, you feel this musician's time has passed, but also look at this musician you just described as old. Look at what he's still doing. Most of us might not be able to be doing what we are are doing at his age. So the prayer is to look at this guy and be like, oh, you inspire me. Even if you are vintage, Mm. I want to be the guy in the room. You get her mindset was different. She had that when we're coming with the wave. So now she and Tony have this issue. Whether they resolved it now or not, I don't know. But I just could tell that she had entered God mode. But she didn't enter God mode the way I'd hoped. She entered God mode like, yo, man, I, I, I work with anybody. In fact, how I know this for a fact, is I was trying to get a record with her after, I think, German Juice. I mixed all those records, by the way. All of them. Lead me on, German Juice. Um, I'm taking those were all my works, hmm. yeah, which is why I still. I'm taking. I wish I could so bitch slap. In the club. I wish I could bitch slap the industry because <laughs> I've always been the guy, you know. So when people say, "Oh, you need to come out more," I'm like, "Y'all are just high," but then that's maybe not... you need to research <laughs> exactly. More. But then <laughs> back to Cynthia, I tried to do a song with her, and I was on her for a while. And then she said something to me. She said, and the person will pursue me. Now I go answer. So you see how I, it now comes back to that respect thing. I'm not saying that she should greet me good afternoon, sir. But when you tell me that the guy who you are talking to say, okay, Victor, when you say my master, and I've done so much with you, not even for you, with you, if anybody, if anybody should be able to say, okay, hi, can you do me a solid? It should be me. Or so I thought. But then she made me understand that I'm gonna hear with you. It is what it is. So I can only imagine the kind of issue she had with Tony, who was a lot closer to her. And needless to say, it came around to affect her because besides her music changing, I mean, she had this song, um, Baby Mama, you know, produced by another producer. When I heard it, I thought it was a dope record. But there was a disconnect because Ross was the sound this other guy is dope, but what does that mean? Mm. Do you get what I mean? And then that was the song where she had, like, she held the baby and she had cigar and mm. people were bashing her. Personally, if Lil Wayne does that, nobody will say it. But then hypocrisy in Nigeria is like five and six. So she lost that touch. The next time we gave a hoot about Cynthia was when she did the song with Stone Boy, Tony Ross Production, V Tech Mix. That's the respect on the part of the artist. They go and eh, well, you know, I, I, anything I touch is gold. But God, 
Sometimes you need your click. Look at what Olamide did for so many of these guys. He still works with Fields. There's no Fields without Olamide. Exactly. You get, and Olamide was not subtle with it. He was aggressively saying, yo, that's Fields. It's as if that's most... That's Fields. That's Young John. It's as if most artists just jump to the newest guy. And I think... That is so myopic because that there is P prime today does not mean that SARS or Cobams or VTEC are not music geniuses still. You know, so, but why do we quickly get to that point where, uh, you know, let me do Chifo, let Kabasa cheer. It's, you see, for me, <laughs> and most of these artists, I can't even attack them because most of these guys do not have any discipline. By discipline, I mean, if you want to be a dancer, you go to dance school, right? Or at least you watch enough dance videos on YouTube mm. or you pay for some tutorial. You want to be a lawyer, you go to law school. There is a pathway. Most entertainers don't have any. That's why you can't sit with a lot of them and ask them, okay, give us a guideline. Oh, man, you got to you know, work hard, you know, believe in yourself. Those are generic stuff. Now, tell me, okay, very, very. 5 a.m. I woke up, <laughs> I prayed to 7. Then by 8, I wore my suit and sat in front of my desk. You get to 5, working. You get, most of them can't give you that stuff. So, I mean, most of them don't know any better. That's how I feel. They sound smart. Most of them are smart people, but they're actually not that smart. Because if you were smart, I said something, if you're selfish, protect yourself. And sometimes protecting yourself is protecting me, your guy. Because if we did something together and you made 500 millionaire, why would we have a problem that would make us stop working? I mean, even if you don't want me to grow, you will, in your selfishness, find a way to preserve this relationship so that you keep on making money. Mm -hmm. Artists don't do that. Now, we're just talking of the artists. There's the producers. That's the entitlement part. Yeah. Some producers, they behave like your father. Hmm. Do you understand? You're, you're, you, can never, you know that evil thing that some people say that you can never outgrow your parents? <laughs> I'm like, okay. But that's also not a good thing. Because if you look at the structure of African family, there's not a lot of inherited wealth, passed over knowledge, yeah. passed over greatness. So when they say that quote, it's crap for us. Because if you say I cannot be greater than you, that's a swear. That's how producers behave sometimes. So now I deserve 50%. But there's a machinery. I can't give you 50%. Exactly. There's a label. Someone made a video. Do you understand? Someone is promoting. You know? So it's like, this thing is a two-edged sword. Or rather, it's like two rams running into each other. Hmm. So that's why it's always like, you know, weird. It gets weird. Respect from the artist to this person that made a difference. That's the reason why I don't work with Peace Square. I didn't feel respect. You get, I don't care how big they are. This is how many years now I've fed fine. So, they are not the god of food. I can say this confidently. I didn't feel respected. At best, Mr. P always looked out for me. He always did. He's like a big bro till this day, even if we don't talk all the time. But that's someone I will always say, at that time, he was like one of the olive branches for me. I know the fights they had because of things he wanted to do for me. 
she just had this childlike heart, wanted to achieve things, wanted to help people. So, at the end of the day, it's a respect. Now, years later, you want me to work for you. You can't call me on the same premise that you called me before. Mm -hmm. If I advise you and I'm like, oh God, let's do this thing like this. I think it will work. Even if you are the world's biggest brand, you must remember that at a time when this dude did not even have the street cred, you were listening and he made a difference. Hmm. So, you see, the respect and the entitlement when they meet, it's a nightmare. So, sometimes you just let the jungle operate as it likes, man. That's why I'm not too attached. That's just the truth. Hmm. Maybe with the exception of Simi, yeah. then Kule Gold and Yemi, I can count the amount of artists that I truly, if they did something to me to pay me, there are no more than two. <laughs> because I realized that, yo, man, all these your ideologies, they are facts, but these people don't know it. They can't get it. Leave them alone. Build. Hmm. Grow. Develop. Yeah, a company. Microsoft is not vexed that Apple did not have a meeting with them. Microsoft is its own thing. Apple is its own thing. So if we don't meet eye to eye, at least our food is not taken out of each other's Exactly, mouth. we're good. Peace. That's my idea. We don't even have to be besties. Let's just, you know... You get what I mean? If you can't work, let's... Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Summary of it all. Okay, so, um, VTech, should... Because of this, this I, I, I mean, I know a lot of producers feel disgruntled um, about their dealings with certain labels or certain artists, and it makes sense because you people put in a lot of work, and it feels like this thing now blows up and every other person is benefiting heavily from it except me, the producer. You know, so that feeling is very valid. So now it has made me to think, should producers be looking to get more famous and brand conscious in order to be eligible for bigger deals or in order for it to be um, harder for them to be overlooked? Okay, so, um, you, know, you know, every question you've asked me that pertain to uh, an ethical issue, or a music society issue, you notice I would always speak from the both sides. Mm. It's the handshake that's absent. That's what it is. The handshake is absent. Example, artists, they operate as users. Producers operate as, they are like a version of a make-believe gatekeeper. So they both have psychological issues they need to work on. But there's also the brands, the companies, the, the people that they say that they are looking for a brand. Case in study, there's a, an award. Um, the CEO was speaking to me because we had a bit of an issue last year. You know, they, they gave nomination. First of all, I was the hottest sound engineer in the country for two years. I didn't even get a mixing and machine engineer nomination. Problem number one, and I will talk about it because I'm like, this is what messes up the business. You talk about growth. You talk about merit. You talk about giving where it's due, but you don't. So now the next person is looking at that and going, this system is bullshit. When he or she comes into the business, he's looking for how to eat the business because it's like, the business, see what they did to VTech. So it's like a ripple effect, whether or not they realize it. Mm. But we talked about it. And we move past it. He said it, that he is the one who's bearing the whole award. And I respect that. And he said, at the time, 
one of the major the people they were pitching to was like, why is he doing an award for producers? Nobody cares about them. That is most likely a person that I am expecting to endorse me. Hmm. So it's a handshake. So now the hack is to be popular. Signed Vitek because he has all these songs with all these celebs and big records. But have you seen Scotch Touch's cars collection? It's not because he's on the top 10 songs, you know, swagging out because he, they have to see him. First of all, the system protects him. So he makes money from different means. Mm. But there's a there's a lady in the UK I'm working with. She's doing a film, very massive film. Whenever it comes out, it's going to be game changing. That lady, the people that she works with are those types that will go, who did this? I need to go and meet him. I need to give him money. I need mm. to give him an opportunity. I need to give him what he's asking for. Not... More look at the actors. Yes, I need a film score guy, but ah, these actors. Oh, wonderful. One of the actors is even a film score guy. So now it doesn't matter who I am. It's yeah. who that guy is. It's almost like the monkey diamond analogy I gave. Mm -hmm. So it pressurizes us to have to do more. And I think it's an imbalance that internally has to change. I, I, I was talking to you. One of the biggest brands in... Um, sound engineering and sound production. Yeah. They reached out to me through a friend and they wanted to have a deal with Simi. You know, I that's how he presented it. I don't know if that conversation has moved because I just leave it alone. But I said to my friend, I said, isn't it ironic? These guys want to come and sell. This one, they do sound VSTs, virtual instruments, all those keyboards, guitars, strings that allows us to produce without live instrumentalists mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. all the money that needs to be spent. This one is they are the staple for mastering and mixing. These two brands merge, and now they want to come to maybe Nigeria. Yeah. And the first place they look at is an artist who's on TV with lots of views, lots of traffic. But you are selling or trying to sell a production product. Simi can't sell a keyboard to me. Do you get what I mean? Mm. Simi can't sell a keyboard to me. Davido cannot sell a headphone to me. Okay, maybe a headphone but not a keyboard, not a software that's supposed to help me behind the scene work. But you see, these brands still look for the most shiny object in the room. All it took for Simi to be considered in that conversation is that she has recorded herself and posted. Is she a professional engineer? Maybe not. She's good at what she does, but she's not me. It's and not she'll it. tell you that. Yeah. So, it pressurizes us to have to do more. We have to do videos. Look at DJs now. Same thing with DJs. The days of Jimmy Jats. In fact, Jimmy Jats then were the ones that even started it. The mm -hmm. old style, style. Yeah. Because they noticed on time. That more, if you like, screech from now to next year. These people out here don't care. So now it's also those people that come and say, we want to endorse you. That's why Don Jazzy was such a breakout producer. But Don Jazzy was on videos with the band. Don Jazzy was singing. With the band. The jazz was getting on stage with the band. I'm saying that Timbaland didn't have to do that. Quincy Jones was his own musician, so we can remove him. Teddy Riley was also in the musician, Blackstreet Boys. He was one of the guys. But Scott Storch wasn't. Cool and Dre are just producers. You get, and they are just as fine. They didn't need to do music videos and showcase so that at least they go pity them now. Now only artists now they give this to you. Yeah, I don't sing. Give me two. That's what we do. So even the multinationals have to grow a brain. 
That's how I describe it. <laughs> they need to get to that point where they act. That's why you will see someone will come out of Big Brother. You endorse him or her. Why? Like, why would I want to buy a cream? Or, or, or let me say, why would I want to buy, let's say, Pampas, for instance, because Nengi held it? Do you get what I mean? It makes no sense. Now, I use an American analogy. The companies that merged that wanted to work with Simi, mm-hmm. those ones are not as, how do I call it? They are not like us. We here outrightly tell you that we can't give you the money because they are not popular. I'm like, okay, fair. But also unfair. Because if you really look at it, I am popular. In my field. Exactly. Do you get what I mean? In my, it's like a chef. Assistant chef. Person that dices the meat. In the world of meat dicing, that person is the king of meat dicing. There are people that look up to his or her meat dicing. Don't tell me I'm not the most popular chef. What I do, consider me in that light. Do your survey. Ask your questions. Reach out into the industry and then you can say, if we put money in these guys' hands, these other people will answer. That's a change that needs to happen. It has nothing to do with us. We are just adapting, surviving. But you see those people up there, they need to get to that point. That's why I use that Brother Shaggy scenario. Mm-hmm. Brother Shaggy is a great actor, so I can say, okay, he deserves what he's getting. Yeah. But these guys don't put him in the film because they wrote a script when they were 16 years old yeah. mm-hmm. that they will put one Brother Shaggy guy. It's just because he's popular. Exactly. It's good for him. But the ripple effect is that that's why they call him. They're not interested in his acting. They're interested in his brand. That's also an, a reverse reality for some people who are working just as hard. They won't get any chance because these people are like, oh, how many followers do you have? How many units did you sell? Blah, blah, blah. But I'm the one who made the song that was number one for eight weeks. Hmm. You know, the artist didn't sing a cappella. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah. When I say it, I'm saying it like this is just simple ABC. Mm-hmm. But we are a different type of people, sorry. We are a different type of people. Hmm. You know? Man, I, 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 um, with, you have so many sides. Um, you write songs too, you do everything. So, um, of course, being a producer and a sound man, it means you get to interface with all these professionals as well. Um, I know you're friends with Metronomy, right? Yeah, actually, we 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 met during the time of the Yemi. Yeah. Oh, so. okay. Okay. And, um, coincidentally, my ex knew him, so somehow oh. we just got interfacing and oh, we're cool. Every now and then we talk, and it's Lo- just nice to see him, you know, do what he does. Lovely, lovely. So, what brings me to my next question, um, Vitek? What are the challenges of a songwriter and um, the songwriting trade in Nigeria right now, you know, are, are, are things better now than they used to be 10 years ago? I don't think they're better. I don't think they're better. Here's how I describe it. Artist is the swimmer at the top. Mm. Yeah? Mm. With the lotus pose. <laughs> so everyone's clapping for how they are floating. The producer is the stool under the water that they are standing on. And the songwriter is the sand. <laughs> I don't know if that, that tells you what I think about it. Because I'm talking as a producer. You know, I'm, I'm speaking 
for even DJs mm. and all of that. Writers don't even have a chance yet because royalties, they're not a killing here yet. Yes. Unless you are working with David Doe. I mean, I collect yes. royalties for stuff I've done with Angelic Kijo, Yemi. Honestly, I've not seen royalties that made me go, Jesus is Lord. It's fine. <laughs> it's good. But I'm imagining I'm working with these big guys and it's not like if the money coming in every month is making me want to go and call my dad, bro. <laughs> the guy, I mean, <laughs> so how much more if you are working with the guys here? Hmm. Now, some guys have to wrestle a lot. Royalties. I mean, why am I collecting 20% from Zinoliski for writing for him? For example, I'm not saying that he doesn't write. Mm. I'm just saying, for example, where's the profit? Okay, how much will you pay me for my writing? Songwriters are priced very cheap. Unlike on, on, on people like me who go, look, this is how much I charge for production. Yeah. And out of this production, this percent is for the writer. So the conversation is not reduce writer money. The conversation is pay Vitek. <laughs> That's how I'm able to drag and say, oh, Chang is a great writer I know. His name is Chang, mm. Chang Chen. I call him Mr. Cha. He's an amazing writer. He's an amazing singer. Very good friend of mine. That's a dude that anywhere, anytime, I'll bring him into the room. Hmm. But you see, I wouldn't let him dr broker the deal yeah. because I know how these people operate. So I'm like, yo, Vitek charges this amount of money in dollars. Pay me. Chang here. So tomorrow, Chang can tell the next person that, yo, I collected this amount of money. Exactly. So you got to give me this value. Exactly. Most writers don't have that advantage. Exactly. Most writers are going into the room and they just see how they go. I'm like, oh, my landlord does not want to see how they go. <laughs> so how do you preserve this human being that's coming to vibe with you, that's exactly. giving you words? Don't tell me that you give him some royalty. Let's be real. You can give him royalty and you can pay him. And yes. you can pay him well. Yes. Especially when you are a high earner. Mm -hmm. You can't be paying, I mean, Imagine Portable, for instance, mm. that made Zazu for free. Mm. He starts earning four millionaire per shows, but he can't pay producer 500K. Mind you, he will do that song only once, but he will get four millionaire five times in a week. You see how it's just weird? Like, yes. this is not that hard. Food valuing. I told you, Shea Baba Tokwe, that's the video um, filmmaker. Mm -hmm. He says, yo, Vitek, this is how much he collects. Yeah. So he put a value to what I mm -hmm. do that was actually higher than what I put. Yeah. So now I can't be priced cheap. Yeah. He recognized that he could make that happen. So mm. this is even to the artist, not even the producer. Yeah. It's to the artist. When a songwriter comes in, how do you see him or her? Do you value them? Oh, That's you say you do. How? How? What's the, re what's the return? Yes. Can this writer say, oh, I left here with... 100k for mm. just being here. Mm -hmm. Then there's another maybe 500k, another 400k, 300k, so. 1 million mm. in front. Okay, I already know I'm getting. You get like yes. let's let's stop standing from the balcony and going and hey, you do it. Let's do it. Be, hmm. Do you get what I mean? Yes, yes. Um, uh, man, your 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 answers keep keep inspiring <laughs> more questions in my head. It's uh, crazy. Am I in like, trouble? Nah, man, you're not. You're not. Um. I uh, lately I've been saying, you know what? It's a lot of people making beats. It's too many producers out there. Perhaps producers should be looking to um, present 
songs now as opposed to just beats and that's and it, it, your 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 partnership with this mr chang sort of like uh, makes that resonate um is that the way to go is that an advantage um would it make me a label or an artist consider uh, a producer's offering if they were presenting me a full song as opposed to if they're presenting me beats most times i find that the the former mm. works better than the latter because most people like to you can't sell a vision unless you paint it clearly yeah, there's a woman I'm working with. She's working on a film project. Mm. She's literally making all the music for the film so that when she presents to the people who she intends to fund, mm. they will see the vision. She's not giving them a script and saying, man, you go mad. Mm. No, she's giving them a script, giving them the music, giving them a timeline and saying, play in this order, experience it. Ah, you like it in audio form. Guess what happens when you're giving the money for the video? You get so. Mm. That's actually a good way to go, you know. Personal sacrifice on the part of the producer and the writer because the artist can just like the beat. Writer goes home with nothing. But it makes sense. In fact, a lot of times I used to write on the beats I send out. But after a while, you know, it's it was a gradual step back for me. Yeah. I stopped caring. Like, okay, um, if you like what I did or not, it doesn't concern me. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it's a good deal. It's actually a good arrangement, honestly, especially if the producer can't write. Mm. Get a writer. Vibe. Lock right. these songs. Oh, Wande Kolo. Hey, um, you know, Whiskey or whoever. Mm. Hear this finished product. I think it's perfect for you. Nice. You know, so the artist is, he can, he can travel the full distance. Mm -hmm. Then if the artist wants to just take the beats, he can now tell you, I like the beat. I want to come up with a different song. Either way, you've made progress. Yeah. But sometimes when you give them beats, they just be pressing next, next, <laughs> next, next. They yes. are hit track. They skipped it like nine times, but they don't know because maybe at that time they just needed something on top to tell them on to, more. Yeah. Maybe the writer will sing like, let's say Davido for instance. Exactly. You know, so exactly. Davido is hearing a demo that's like him. So he's able to picture himself exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. That's a very, very good exactly. way to go. Besides, in my mind, it's like it's like um, giving somebody cocoa, raw cocoa, uh, as opposed to refining the cocoa and giving them chocolate. Yeah. You know, like, it's mm -hmm. still pretty much the same product, but I have gone a step further to refine it a little. Yeah. You know, so as opposed to just, you know, it's it's although it's per per individual, mm. not everybody like Kunle Gold, for instance, will tell you send me a song with the idea. But this is an amazing writer, so he's yeah. most likely not going to need your exactly, writing. Exactly, exactly, because he, he, he. Do you get what I mean? Yes, but yes, Yemi, yes. for instance, now we say Vitek, any idea you have on top, record it. Sometimes she would use bits and pieces from it. Mm. So it's it's part time, it's per artist. It's not okay. a written in stone thing. Yes, yes. That's the sensitivity of the producer to know mm -hmm. this guy is not that kind of guy. You get, that, so yes, you don't waste yes. energy true, and time. True, true. You know, it's like true. your own tiny research. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, man, I know it. 
I'm taking too much of your time. Nah, but, uh, I was afraid. Uh, I wanted to go. <laughs> I don't know how long this is. Now, nah, but we're almost you done. You put me on the chair. We're you put this in done. front of me. We're almost done. <laughs> um, I know you did Musan Center, right? Yes. Um, and you did um, Peter King. Yes, I did. School. Um, these are known music schools in Nigeria. Yeah. Um, do you think more people are really putting in the work to learn what they want to do or, or um, uh, people just really just stumble on these things and they just figure it out along the way? And is it... Um, that, that that basic knowledge that you would get from a music school like this, is it so important? Honestly, music, first of all, is expression. Music is like you said, cocoa. Anybody can have cocoa, but not everybody can make chocolate. Now, we are in the internet era. I mean, you, there's a flutist I know in Nigeria that became a popular flutist from learning from YouTube. Hmm. The only benefit of going to school is that knowledge is linear. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, hundred, one, twenty. You can grade yourself. You can say, oh, I made progress. I could have just started producing and started mixing before I realized that there is this and that, and then I'm going back. It's like chaos when mm. you don't learn. Do you mm. get what I mean? So I think if you take what you do serious, you will drive for knowledge. And sometimes it might require you going to music school. For instance, people that don't have discipline, a school helps them have discipline. Mm. Some people are random. I don't feel like, no, I feel like. In school, you don't, it doesn't matter how you feel or don't feel. You got to show up. You get those little, little things help, you know. So honestly, me going to music school was almost like the thing to do. But I didn't stay there long because I was just such a chaotic learner, <laughs> you know. But I was also learning things part-time. So I was not learning how to play keyboard while I was learning how to play flute while I was learning how to... I was always doing one thing. Learning to a point, move to the next. Learning to a point, move to the next. Then I went to a school and I saw that, oh, that's actually how you learn. And then I kept repeating, repeating, repeating. And some years down the line, there are so many things I know that I didn't even learn from the school. Hmm. So school is not important. I must be honest, it's not. Unless you are going for accreditation, oh, I want the paper to go with what I do but now you can get knowledge all I'll just encourage anyone to do is to learn gradually yeah you know, no overloading of information because internet does that anything you search gives you a very concise you know answer hmm. so you can search for everything you see someone's browser tab with like 90 tabs open <laughs> but you, now you can't read any word Vitex what is a good mix can you teach a layman or train a layman's ears to know a good mix, poor mix, not so good mix. What is a good mix? Good mix is pretty much in two phases. First of all, mixing, contrary to what most people believe, is an art. People treat mixing as a technical thing. Oh, compressor, EQ, distortion, saturation, limiting panning but then there's also the creativity so what i always teach people first is the creative side of mixing mixing has rules so you can break those rules you get so what i teach people is first of all 
know the terms, know what this does, that does. If you want to achieve this, okay, this is what does it for you. Okay, now go ham. These songs, they usually put, they're usually full of reverb, oh yeah, to the dry version. So now a good mix is where your music through mix is able to translate to both the owner of the song and the audience. And there are things that are like rule of thumb. Yeah. But a good mix is really a mix that enhances the song to the point where the individuals can get what you were trying to say. For instance, when you say a song is psychedelic, most likely has a lot of reverb. Vocals are not bright. They're dull. And then maybe the instrumentals are sparse. So now if you give me a data that is all over the place, but the emotion is psychedelic vibes. I know, okay, I have to take this down, take this down, create space for the vocal, put the vocal in the room. The room, the 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 tool that does it is called the reverb. So now reverb has different times. You know what? I'll make it two seconds long. So when you go, ah, the ah goes, ah. That gives the reverb time to stay. That mm. airy feeling goes into the person's mind as all more dreamy, wavy. Mm. That's that's how that's the creativity plus the technical. One or the other cannot live freely. You, you know, it's the reason why I still mix. Because most of these guys give me jobs and they're like, Vitek, just go ham. And then I listen to the song. I'm like, there's no harm here. And then I listen to another song. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to chop, 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 chop. And like, just mess it up. It's just so when it gets out there, they can feel what we're trying to make them feel. You know, they are not distracted by the sonics. Oh, the vocals are too loud. Oh, the thing is too harsh. Oh, the thing is too busy. They are just immersed in the song. That's the finesse of being a pro. Hmm. Because now you've moved past, okay, when you put down here, you put down here, put down here, you don't good. It is now, okay, this one when you put here now. No say for this song, if you raise and go up. Because when this one come, join this one. When that person here, I'm shout, oh, more see vibes. That's actually how a good mix is told. Sometimes you don't even know it from the studio. You know a clean mix. You know a noisy mix. Hmm. But a good mix is when it steps out of the room and it becomes the song that everybody wants to F with and you know that if this mix was not good, it would not do it. Case in study, lie. Case Daniel's lie. When he first brought the song to me, I'd mixed, what? One, two, three, four, I think four versions of that song. We went back to the first, no, the second. Those versions that came out was mm. the second version and we kept on tuning, tuning, Good thing is because Daniel is also sensible when it comes to sound. So he too knows what to look out for. So we kept on fighting, fighting. Song came out, was like one of the biggest songs, period. You get mm. it was a clean mix. Heavy, bright, yeah. clear vocals, panning, wide, all the technicals are taken care of. But little, little things were what made the song an experience. So I don't really care about your body count, 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 count. Well, and then the vibe has more room mm. than the lead. Those little things now makes it a great mix. Because now when people hear it, it just hmm. you know, sticks to their heart. Has this been a profitable journey for you? Very much. Like That one would, is the simplest one to answer. Hmm. Very much. You would encourage somebody you care about to do it? Yes, I would. I would encourage them. But I'll tell them, 
It's a marathon, <coughs> not a sprint. Hmm. <laughs> when you do something for 15 years, you know that it takes time. Impressively, some producers are doing so well. I mean, I spoke to Young Willis the other time, and he was like, I think this is his third year as a producer. I'm like, Omo, you cannot know what it feels like to wait 15 years or 10 years or five years. My first break came at the seventh year of what I've been doing. Mm. Seventh. But now, three years on, this guy has built a studio and he's done so well. So, I mean, I'd encourage it. I mean, can I lie? If you come to me, I won't be telling you, go and get the degree in law. I mean, I'm not doing law. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I I mean, if I was a trader, I went from 10 era to 10 billion. Yeah. And you come to me. At best, I'll just tell you, go get an education. It will give you an advantage when you come and trade. It still comes back to what I know. Hmm. So I would encourage it. Lovely. Finally, Vitek, um, what would you do differently now if you could go back to some of your past dealings? What would I do differently? Okay, I think the only thing I would do differently is to actually release those my songs that I used to record. Because I used to record a lot like a normal artist, but I used to produce too, but I would second guess it. I would calculate, strategize. I didn't like the idea that I could put out such a great song and only like 1,000 people would listen. But now, knowing how the business works, if I made 1,000 people every time I dropped this song and I dropped seven, that's 7,000, seven times 10 years, that's 70,000. And we know that those bats are not that way. It grows in leaps and bounds. So I'm, that's the only thing I'll change. I'd, maybe it would have given the artist guy a shot. So as Vitek, the producer, was going, Vitek, the artist, is taking care of the face. So now this thing we talked about, them only giving certain mm. opportunities to who they know. I'd been doing the work since. I just decided, look, I want to stay in the back. And I've grown, made money, developed a business that's on autopilot. That's the only thing I'll do differently. I don't even want to change one detail except that one. Because today, I have to step out. But if I had done it then, by now, it wouldn't have been my homework now. It would have just been like mm. Tuesday, mm. Wednesday afternoon. It wouldn't have been like project, come out of your box. That's the only thing I'll change. Lovely. Um, anything you're working on, anything you think the people need to know, um, any masterclasses, because all these oh, things yeah. in your head. Come oh, on, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. So now, <laughs> one of my plans for 2022, Yeah. I have a masterclass. I plan to do the podcast. I, I couldn't put You a, should do it. I couldn't put a time to it, though, because of you the should work do it. that mm. I came into the year with. Mm-hmm. But there's a podcast coming. I'm definitely doing a masterclass this year. My wife, who happens to be an amazing musician, she's working on her project. Her mm. project is my baby because I've always been, even before we married, like team her. Mm. So now she has a project coming up in maybe like a few months. It's called Dawn. It's her first EP. Mm. Her name is Iowa, by the way. Most people would know her from the days of Project Fame and the rest. She was like the one that was supposed to win. Mm. No disrespect to who did. But I mean, she's here now. And these are, personal things to me that Chang guy told you about Mm. I mean we're working on stuff I really I'm in a position to say look I got the PR person I got the promoter I got the manager okay let man guys step out I want this to be that season so masterclass podcast for me Mm. that's Mm Arawa 
I have a project of mine coming up, but I'm not going to give out mm. any details about mm. it because, mm. you know, um, I just want it to be a surprise when it comes out. Lovely. You know, of course, film projects. Like, it's just going to be more VTech. Lovely. More and more VTech. And this time, I will engage. You know, I won't just be that myth. Mm-hmm. Zeus. Mm-hmm. Hercules. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, people will get to interface. So I can also share my experience, share my knowledge, you know, maybe inspire. 